This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Three quarters of a percent. Doesn't sound like a lot, but the three quarter of a percent rate hike from the Federal Reserve this week was the biggest in nearly three decades. To carry a credit card balance, get a car loan or buy a house. As consumer prices skyrocket on everything from rent and groceries to gas prices, the Fed hopes making it more expensive to borrow money means people will spend less on things like homes and cars, leading to a drop in demand. We at the Fed understand the hardship that high inflation is causing. In May, prices increased at their highest rate in four decades, 8.6 percent year over year. And the Fed's move aims to curb that inflation. Now, here to explain is David Wessel, director of the Hutchins Center on Fiscal and Monetary Policy at the Brookings Institution. Hi, David. Welcome to Reset. Thank you very much for having me. So the Consumer Price Index report out last Friday, uh, it surprised some economists when uh, inflation jumped yet again. When we look back at how prices have increased um, over the last year or so. It's a lot, David. It absolutely is. And what's a bit frightening is that it's not just food and energy prices, which have been pumped up by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which has constrained supply, but it's widespread across the economy now. Yeah, it's all people in my life are talking about. It's, you know, from the grocery store, people are posting things on social media. It's it's a lot. I think you need to get some new friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not quite to the point where um, we're using scary terms like runaway inflation or hyperinflation. Is that right? That's right. I think it's real. It's frightening uh, to see on the headlines that prices have gone up almost 9%. And as you point, anybody who's looking at the prices in gas stations, which I like to say are the biggest prices in the economy because they're posted three feet tall at at, at the gas station. Yeah. Um, but uh, – a lot of this is driven by some unusual circumstances, by COVID, by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And what makes this quite different from past episodes is it follows a period of very low inflation. And we now see the Fed moving very aggressively to prevent an inflation psychology from getting embedded in the economy. So before we get uh, to this rate increase from the Federal Reserve, just explain for us what the Fed is and, and what its role or its job is. Sure. Uh, the Federal Reserve is what's called a central bank. It basically uh, influences the supply of credit in the economy, and it effectively sets interest rates. It sets very short-term interest rates, but its actions affect the interest rates that we pay on credit cards, on home equity loans, on mortgages, and it also affects the interest rates we get on savings or money market funds. So the uh, the point of this latest rate increase is to curb inflation, as I mentioned, Explain how that's supposed to work in theory. So I think you have to start by asking, why do we have inflation? What's causing this? Yeah. And the simple answer is demand is growing faster than supply can expand. And simple economics is when you get a lot of demand and supply can't meet it, you get higher prices. So what the Fed is trying to do is slow demand. It's literally trying to get us to spend less money uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell said he would, wouldn't mind seeing an increase in the unemployment rate. It's trying to get less demand in the economy so we don't have this imbalance of supply and demand. And it's going to be painful. You, you mentioned the, uh, the Federal Reserve Chair. Earlier, we heard a clip of him uh, talking about the interest rate hike this week. I, I want to play a little bit more of what uh, he had to say. We anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate. 
Clearly, today's 75 basis point increase is an unusually large one, and I do not expect moves of this size to be common. From the perspective of today, either a 50 basis point or a 75 basis point increase seems most likely at our next meeting. What do you think of that, David? Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, You know, I started covering the Federal Reserve when I was at the Wall Street Journal in the late 1980s. And at that time, the Fed was very opaque. They didn't even announce when they moved rates on the day they moved them. They only told us later that they had done so. Mm. And now we have the Fed chair not only announcing a very big rate increase, 75 basis points means 0.75 percentage points or three quarters of a percentage point. They've raised rates one and a half percentage points this year so far. But he's also predicting what they're going to do at the next few meetings. And I think the reason for that is that the Federal Reserve has learned that it works through financial markets. And by predicting rate increases, financial markets respond, which is why mortgage rates have risen a whole lot. Mortgage rates for a 30-year mortgage are now above 5%, uh, quite a bit higher than they were a year ago. So he's trying to use the financial markets to make borrowing more expensive so consumers and businesses spend less money Mm. and we can get the economy in a better place. So explain how the Fed exactly is going to assess how successful this increase has been? And over what period of time are they looking at? Well, the problem that the Fed has is they have to make decisions every six weeks, and they're largely always looking in the rearview mirror because we don't know what next month is going to bring. Uh, Success for the Federal Reserve would be, say, 18 months from now, inflation has moved down closer to its 2% target, and maybe the unemployment rate has gone up a little bit, but we're not in a recession. That is, the economy is still expanding. Uh, And I think what Chair Powell said at his press conference is they're going to be watching very closely two things. One is the month-to-month readings on inflation. Are things starting to get a little better, or are they getting worse? And secondly, something he calls inflation expectations, which means what do people expect inflation to be in the future? Because they're quite worried that if people expect more inflation, then they'll begin to be build it into their decisions, what they ask for in raises, what businesses charge in their prices. Yeah. And while you're breaking things down for us, David, you mentioned earlier inflation psychology. What does that mean exactly? What that means is that everybody, if everybody believes that the Fed is going to get inflation back down towards its 2% target, they will behave accordingly. They won't panic. They won't be, unions won't be asking for huge raises. Businesses won't be planning on big price increases. And if, on the other hand, people expect 6, 7, 8% inflation, then landlords are going to be building that into their leases and unions are going to be asking for it when they bargain to the extent that unions have any clout in our economy now. (laughs) And businesses will begin building that into their price plans. So what the Fed wants to do is it wants to convince us that they're going to win this war because if we doubt their credibility, we'll start to behave in ways that make it harder for them to bring inflation down. And that would mean that they'd have to raise interest rates even more. And the risk is we'd have a really deep recession. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're here with David Wessel from the Brookings Institution discussing high prices and what the Federal Reserve is doing to curb inflation. I want to talk a bit more about the effect that um, the Fed rate increases could have, David. So let's say I'm planning to buy a home or I'm planning to buy a car. What does that mean for me? It means that you should probably 
make a deal today because the Fed has told us they're going to raise interest rates more. The key interest rate the Fed controls is 1.5% now, and Fed officials in their latest statement earlier this week predicted that they will take it above 3% by the end of the year. So the first thing to do is if you're going to borrow money, it would be good to borrow now and not to wait around for another six or eight weeks. But secondly, I think people have to anticipate that uh, we've had a long period of time where both fiscal policy, that's tax and spending, Mm -hmm. and Federal Reserve policy, that's interest rates, have had their uh, foot to the floor. The gas pedal has been all the way to the floor. And they, they successfully pulled us out of what could have been an awful recession caused by the pandemic. Well, now they're pulling their foot off the gas pedal and they're starting to tap the brakes. So that means that there will be fewer jobs available um, and that businesses may be reluctant to expand and that people need to tighten their belts a little bit in anticipation of an economy which is quite different than the one we've had for the past couple of years. And these home prices, as we know, they've gotten out of hand right now. So could rate increases bring home prices down again? They could. Uh, The problem we have in housing is that partly as a result of what happened after the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009 is we stopped building enough housing units, apartments, single-family homes, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's another case of supply and demand. More people want to find apartments or homes than are available, so that pushes up the price. But um, short answer is if mortgage rates go up, that tends to cool off the housing market. They might Prices might not fall, and it depends from community to community, of course, but they will probably go up less rapidly. How do small business owners fit into this, um, this equation? How much more difficult might rising interest rates be for them? Well, the first thing to remember is that higher inflation is really a tax on the economy. And for many workers in the economy, although they're getting raises, their raises aren't big enough to keep up with the the rising cost of living. Similarly, for small businesses, uh, I was just in an Uber this morning, and there was a crack in the windshield. And the guy told me there was no glass available to get it fixed. And so you can imagine when the glass becomes available, the price will be high because there'll be a lot of demand for it. A lot of people it. want, yeah. So small businesses are probably suffering now from A, their supplies cost more, and B, they're having trouble hiring, and when they do hire, they have to pay their workers more. What the Fed is trying to do is uh, reduce that upward pressure on their what they're paying, mm-hmm. but the, the pain will be that they – Small businesses will have to pay more if they have to borrow money, and the their business may suffer a little bit because when the economy slows down, when people have to spend more money on gas or heating oil, when their uh, other expenses are going up, they might be less likely to buy from that small business. So I think for the short term, it's going to be painful. And what the Fed is trying to tell us is, if we have a little pain now, we can avoid a lot of pain later. And if they're right, oh, but that's so we'll, hard we'll to do. be grateful. Yeah. The problem is, as you say, it's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. I'm thinking about people on a fixed income too, David. Right. What's their outlook? So um, inflation is bad for people on a fixed income, so they should have an interest in the Fed fighting inflation. Uh, you know, one of the things I like to remind people of that Social Security adjusts quite a bit when prices go up. 
And so for a lot of us, it's the wages that aren't keeping up with inflation, even though Social Security benefits have gone up a lot. So inflation is really bad for people on fixed incomes. And for them, the pain that the Fed will cause by raising rates is probably a pretty good deal. So looking ahead, because it sounds like, you know, this won't be the last interest rate hike. What do you expect to see in the coming months? I expect the Fed to continue to raise interest rates because over the past 25 or 30 years, the Fed has done a good job at achieving its goal of bringing down inflation and keeping it down. And I think that Fed Chair Jay Powell recognizes that they screwed up, that they didn't raise rates soon enough. He's determined not to be the Fed chair who undoes the work of his predecessors. That leads me to believe he, when they, when the decisions get to be close calls, will err on the side of raising interest rates more, which is why, if I had to guess, I'd say about 65% chance that we'll have a recession in 2023. Mm. That is, that the economy will be contracting. I don't oh, think no. it'll be a severe uh, recession, but I think that's the most likely outcome. Oh, David, this is such bad news. But, well, there's still 35% chance that I'm wrong. Okay. So the Fed is not trying to induce a recession. They're trying to slow the economy just enough to relieve the upward pressure on prices without pushing it over the cliff. So a lot depends on, A, how skillful they are, how well they read the economy, and that's hard. They didn't do very well last year. And the other really depends on luck. Uh, We have a lot of problems in the economy related to COVID. If COVID retreats, if the Chinese open up their factories again so we have more supply, if we can make semiconductors fast enough so the auto industry can build more cars and meet demand, there's a possibility that we'll have a slowing economy without a recession. So you're paying attention to the consumer price index. What other economic indicators will well, I look pretty radar. closely at what's happening in the job market. We've been creating a lot of jobs. We've created 6 million jobs in the last year. The unemployment rate is 3.6%, which is pretty low. So I'm eager to see whether we can slow the economy but without having a big increase in unemployment. I'm looking to see whether we can bring some of the workers who are on the sidelines of the economy who left the labor market during the COVID pandemic and haven't come back, mm-hmm. will they be drawn back because there seems to be a lot of demand for workers? And because the Fed is watching these indices of inflation expectations as sort of the best they can do to see ahead to the future, I'll be keeping an eye on those because, you know, as a reporter covering the Fed, I learned that if the Fed is watching something, it's probably a good idea for you to watch it too. We've been speaking with David Wessel, director of the Hutchins Center on Fiscal and Monetary Policy at the Brookings Institution. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.